0: Waking news from the world
1: of libraries! Some libraries, like the Athens Limestone Public Library in Athens, Alabama, are tough. Real tough! If you are one of the library patrons who is way past the deadline for your borrowed books at the Athens Limestone Public Library, you could find yourself in the Crowbar Hotel. According to the new rules, the overdue books will be fined up to 100 or could land the borrower in jail for 30 days. And if this happens, it might be a little embarrassing to answer an inmate's question about what you're in for. Here at the ORL, we have suspended fines during COVID-19 to work with your situation during these uncertain and wacky times. Welcome to Hardcover, a zany, informative podcast about books, libraries, and librarians. We're your hosts, Peter
2: and Davin, librarians at the Okanagan Regional Library. Each episode, we talk genres and tell you about some of our favorite reading suggestions. This episode, we're talking all things science fiction with a focus on time travel.
1: But first, we've got Librarian Stevie here, our trepid adventurer from the Stacks, who's on a wild mission today in our reference collection.
0: In this episode of Adventurer from the Stacks, Librarian Stevie rescues Larry, mired in the wilds of the World Wide Web. Larry, with Librarian Stevie blazing the trail, is on the track of an elusive review of the next vehicle he might buy, A 2019 Ford 150 with a V6 engine, regular cab, and
2: long box. Yeah, like, I'm trying to track down a review for the truck there, eh? And everybody wants money. Or they want me to subscribe to their site. That's all I need. Another password. Jeez Louise, it never ends, does it, Stevie?
0: It's all right, Larry. I know where we can find what you want, and I won't charge you a cent. It will be a walk in the park. Or 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 jungle. Let's go. Librarian Stevie leads Larry on a straight path through the jungle to the library website at www.orl.bc.ca and to a database found among online resources under the e-library tab that offers all patrons free access to consumer reports and other databases.
2: Oh Yahoo! I never knew this even existed! Hmm, I need a new washer, too. Oh, look, here's a good one. Thanks a lot, Stevie. You're
0: welcome, Larry. Next week, librarian Stevie of the jungle will tackle a beast of a far different kind. The simple e-book software package Libby that is as easy to load as a 450 Weatherby. Until then, see you later.
2: Oh man, that uh, was quite the adventure. All right, we're back and ready to get into our genre topic for this week, science fiction with a close look at time travel. And science fiction is quite a huge genre. Peter, how would you describe science fiction?
1: Well, that's a tough one. It's a difficult question because it is so broad and huge. It encompasses virtually everything. But one thing we can say is that it does differ from other imaginative and fantastic literatures. I think we can say that at least.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Even though they are all quite often lumped together under speculative fiction. But can we just use the definition in the good old Oxford English Dictionary for this?
1: Yeah, we can certainly do that for want of anything else. I mean, yeah.
2: All right, let me see here. Let me get it out. Okay. It defines science fiction as... Imaginative fiction based on postulated scientific discoveries or spectacular environmental changes frequently set in the future or on other planets and involving space or time travel. (laughs) <laughs> that, that, that's how the OED talks, by the way, in case yes, you are wondering.
1: Uh, well, no, I, I'm, I'm sure it is. I, I'm not, if I had to imagine how it talked, that's kind of how I, I think I would imagine it.
2: <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> mean. Definition certainly can work for us uh, in terms of discussing the genre because it it draws a distinction between science fiction and realist fiction. The realist writer, for example, needs to focus on accuracy. They don't have a choice. The science fiction writer can freely invent things not found in our world. They can even invent other worlds.
2: Yeah, that's definitely um, an important distinction. Have you ever heard about skiffy?
1: No, I haven't. It sounds like it's something ska, reggae, music. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: It's like the snarky way to pronounce sci-fi since apparently the term sci-fi itself is a little bit controversial in some circles. <laughs> that kind of kills me to think yeah. about it. Okay,
1: yeah. I'm going to call it skiffy from now on. <laughs> okay.
2: All right, let's look at some subgenres uh, to flesh out the skiffy genre a bit. There's the pretty well-known ones like dystopia, alien invasion. You might have heard of steampunk, post-apocalyptic. But how, how about these ones, Peter? Uh, Tell me what you think of these. Space opera.
1: Space opera, to me, it's clearly you're taking the conventions of the classic Western tale and you're changing the setting from the the wide sweeping plains of the West to space, which share several Mm -hmm. things in common. The isolation, the space, the new horizons.
2: Yeah, that's a great description. Okay, next one is a dying Earth.
1: Well, I think we're already there. I don't think it's skiffy anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> certainly right. Um, and this last one, it's probably my favorite. It's just weird. Weird is the subgenre. Weird sci-fi seems particularly awesome. Well,
1: I, I agree with you because a lot of the best skiffy is bizarre and strange anyways. I quite like the idea. It's quite appealing, and I'm sure it would not be boring.
2: Yeah, that's certainly true.
1: Something like that also points to the fact that you have diehard sci-fans from various camps of sub-genres, and that's kind of interesting because it gets so specific based on things like themes, settings, and characters. It's unlike any other genre in this respect.
2: For sure, and time travel is perhaps one of the biggest elements unique to this genre. Why do you think time travel is so prevalent in sci-fi?
1: because it allows the author to move the viewpoint of the story, the perspective, backwards or forwards in time and allows them to open a door to the past and to the readers by extension and to explore any number of intriguing possibilities and settings. It also opens a door to the future and is often used to create alternate histories and dystopian worlds.
2: But isn't the use of time travel as a narrative device different than a novel about time travel?
1: Well, I believe it is, and that's a, uh, you make a really important point because, uh, for example, a novel that uses time travel as a means to an end, such as The Time Traveler's Wife by Andre Niffenager, is far different in scope than a novel such as Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. The author of The Time Traveler's Wife uses the device to explore the relationship between a man and a woman. But Doomsday Book, on the other hand, is a science fiction work that contrasts the era of the Black Death with a 21st century response to an outbreak that could have been just as devastating as the plague.
2: So for sure, time travel can appear outside of science fiction as well. What are some details, though, that make time travel in science fiction specifically so intriguing?
1: Well, I, I think one of the most compelling details is that it possesses a set of conventions that authors need to address, at least in some fashion, for the story to be credible. And it's the question of whether or not trips to the past can change the future. These questions are prevalent in virtually every time travel story you'll read.
2: And that's part of the intrigue, isn't it? How the author addresses things like time travel unknowns or paradoxes that set of rules that they create around those things can be really unique and fascinating. So what's then the overall appeal of time travel narratives then?
1: Well, I, th- I think part of it is just what you said. I mean, I think you nailed an important element because the concept of time travel is intrinsically fascinating for both authors and readers alike. It begs the obvious question. I mean, who among us has never wondered what it would be like to travel back in time or to travel to the future, to change decisions we might regret, or simply to explore ancient Rome or sail down the Nile 3,000 years ago? The possibilities are virtually endless.
2: Definitely. They definitely are endless. All right. Well, next we'll go over some spectacular time travel reading suggestions. But first, a word from our sponsor, the Okanagan Regional Library.
1: Do you like books? We've got a fantastic horror collection that goes along with any blood type. Moo ha ha. Come on down to the ORL to check out our spectacular reads. The best part 3 99 with your library card.
2: Wow. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're talking all things sci-fi with a closer look at time travel. Peter, who do you think does time travel best?
1: Well, that's a tough question, but uh, I think H.G. Uh, Wells probably tackled the subject better than any previous sci-fi author when he wrote The Time Machine in 1895, one of his greatest works, and it follows the time traveler as he hurdles one million years into the future. I think it's quite important because it represents a, a crucial breakthrough in terms of the technology he used in the narrative.
2: That's right. Until the end of the last century, most authors favored using dreams for time travel, such as Charles Dickens with A Christmas Carol. But Wells, he introduced readers to the idea of A machine that could travel in time.
1: That's right. And also what I find interesting as well with another work is that six years before Wells published uh, The Time Machine, Mark Twain published A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, and he used a simple blow to the head to induce time travel. This is another delightful and invitingly satirical work that uh, certainly stands the test of time.
2: All great suggestions for reading. And we've got three more suggested reads for you, from classics to Canadian to one of our very own staff picks.
1: Yeah, first up is a Doomsday book published in 1992. We discussed it earlier and it's a brilliant time travel work that balances two intersecting storylines. It uses the language of time travel and advanced technologies to speak to the human concerns of both modern and medieval characters. Think in this sense, the novel actually transcends time. And that's a really rare accomplishment in the history of time travel literature.
2: Now, if you're looking for something Canadian and timely to boot, Taya Lim's 2018 novel, An Ocean of Minutes, fits that bill. It's a haunting love story where time travel is the only way for Polly to save her boyfriend Frank during a flu pandemic. This Giller Prize-nominated novel transports you from the present day to the future through memory and past to explore what happens to love over time.
1: Yeah, and if you were a fan of The Time Traveler's Wife, uh, we certainly suggest you check out Lim's book.
2: And last is a staff pick from our very own technical assistant here at the library, Cody. Cody recommends This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal El-Motar and Max Gladstone. He said, if I had to pick one time travel book to suggest, this is definitely it. It's a forbidden romance between time-traveling agents from incompatible futures written as a series of notes left in different points in time as they trump one another in a series of missions. Check out this complexly woven story about time travel and enemies who turn into unlikely lovers. Well, this
1: concludes our segment in science fiction and time travel for this show. And you can check out all the items we've talked about today free with your Okanagan Regional Library card. But before we end, we've got Amelia Corkhill here with some fascinating library tips just for you.
2: My name is Amelia Corkhill, retired librarian. I retired from the ORL in 1980. Sixty-two. Did you know that you can borrow 100 items from your local library? By items, I mean books, DVDs, CDs, magazines, and more. And return them to any one of our 31 branches across the Okanagan. Gee golly, you lucky ducks. Join me next time for more library tips from me, Amelia Cork Hill. Wow, Peter, 100 items that sure is something.
0: Yeah, you'd need a wheelbarrow
1: to get them out of the library. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's all for this time, folks. We're closing the book on this episode of Hard Cover.
2: Happy, Happy reading! reading.